0: Good Thursday, everybody. How are you guys doing? Man, I missed the other night or the other day. I didn't get a podcast. I was gonna do it, and then I started thinking. I'm like, there's not much I could do. Game preview, but we already saw who won. We knew who was gonna win after the Monday night games. There wasn't. There was some drama. I did talk about it. Oh my gosh, these cats they still help me if they mess up the recording stop cats see you can hear it you can hear the crackling of the table i need my own studio that's what it's going to turn into all right so let's get to it right away as the waiver wire it went down and and heck yeah dude i mean i the our video weekly video is not up yet i've been working on that afternoon i've been so busy uh i've been doing things i around the house getting stuff got a new bed all sorts of stuff nothing that anyone cares about um, but just personal stuff around the house and a lot of things getting taken care of trying to rest uh, my back and shoulders not 100 percent and so yeah I when I could get time I was trying to get slides ready for the video having problems with the app one of it every time I would get almost one slide done it would freeze and then like kick me out and nothing I did finished so it get frustrating so I will get that done. It will be ready by Friday morning. Meantime, we will do today. I thought some of the waiver wires were pretty good. As we go through them, let me get to it. Where is it? Where is it? I'm sorry. I was on the wrong page. Man, there's a lot of movement too as soon as it started going. It's like I love when the waiver wires go through and then after that, man, it's watch the heck out because our league, just you just start getting people dropping left and right. But great. Grabbed by Eric, obviously. Eric went for him. Steve tried to grab him as well, going after Jeremy McNichols. With Derrick Henry, the news being out for the year. Anytime you can grab him, even if he gets 45 to 50%, right? They bring in Adrian Peterson. I'm not loving that. Adrian Peterson, he did have a few games with Washington last year, right? Or no, it was Detroit. It was Detroit, I believe, I want to say. Because, yeah, he kept getting in the way of... Man, he he has a good habit of doing that late in his career. He comes in there, remember, with the Saints? Came in, uh, Alvin Kamara. I actually had Alvin Kamara's rookie year. I drafted him, and I just thought you know he'd be a good pass catching back, and that's what he was going to be. But then remember they had him, Mark Ingram, and Adrian Peterson, and I remember watching that Monday night game going, you know what, dude, Kamara's not going to get any work, and he he will have a good future, and i traded trading him to Steve, and then I ended up, then he ends up they ended up getting rid of Peterson. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And he took off for Steve, and I ended, up getting, I ended up trading back for him at the end of the year. But it would have been so much better if I could have just held on. But who knows with Peterson. But Then he does it last year with DeAndre Swift. You know, you get Swift there. If Swift doesn't pick up the concussion in preseason and limit his amount of experience going into the season, you might not see Peterson there. But he goes there, and it's just, you know, he's got something in the tank. He can do something. He can score. He can, you know, he's a, still a solid enough player. But I just, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be the one to do it. I do think it's going to be McNichols. So I think that's a good grab for Eric. Kenny Galladay, surprisingly, was cut. I think Austin was just done with him. Because even now, Eric Nick picks him up. One man's trash is another man's treasure. But with Galladay, if he plays, he's going to have outstanding weeks. But the problem, which just seems to be with every giant receiver, is none of them can stay healthy. Heck, Barkley, Tony... Galladay. I mean, pick your guy. Uh, Who's the other one that can never stay healthy? Shepard. Oh my gosh. Shepard's got talent and puts up good games. He always gets hurt. So we'll see what happens there. Brian picking up Hill. Henry Ruggs. I'm not even going to talk anything on Ruggs. What a a disaster. You know, such a huge disappointment in, in just the decision to do all that and to just throw his life away and just destroy another family. Obviously not intentional, but you're responsible when you do that. And like I said, it's over yeah his his everything about him's over very frustrating. So let's move on. Dino Dan grabbing Dan Arnold. I was thinking of getting Arnold if he was not picked up. I didn't want to pay a cost for him. I had him that one week. I had planned on keeping him, but then he didn't play too well in that London game and they had the bye week. so I'm like, well, you know if he had like a a 15 point game like he did last week, I would have held on to him through the bye week but I'm like, why hold on to a guy? That has a bye week and did not play outstanding. So great grab by Dino. Cowboys defense. Simeon. Yeah, who's going to be the quarterback? Dino's going. Warner. So we saw some guys picked up and then dropped and picked up. Dino. with I think that was a smart move by Dino to get Zach Wilson and White. We'll see if White has a good game tonight. We'll talk about that for a little bit. What to expect there. Are, do the Colts, who I think have a better defense. I know the Bengals can play well at times but have a better defense than than the Bengals. I think the Colts, will see if they can stop Mike White, put it into any kind of positive play that he had last week. Adrian Peterson, we said, Jacob picked him up. Great grab by Jacob, excuse me, to get Jordan Love. Oh, man, go get it. Great grab. When I saw that, I didn't see it right away. Uh, I, I was sleeping in because it was up late last last the night before, and I saw that. Oh, when I woke up, I saw the message that Aaron Rodgers and out. First thing I thought was go for love and Jacob already grabbed him like 30 minutes before. Genius move, good grab to get love. And let's see, uh, Eric got Mosley, great pickup. Elijah made some moves, but yeah, the waiver wire went through and Nico Collins picked up by Brian. So we there's so much action and movement going on with that. And then the trades, what trades went through? Was there another trade? No, just mine and then the A.J. Dillon. I talked about those trades. So we will talk about three games today as we get prepped for the Thursday night game. I'll talk about the Thursday night game afterwards or probably as we go through the thing. We got big games, man. I'm going to talk about my team. And wait, let's see. Does Christian have anyone on the Thursday night game? Because if he does, I will talk before. Because it always seems like when I wait till after, it changes what your original thoughts might have been. Now, the only one I do have someone for Thursday night, and that is Carson Wentz, who's only projected to get 20. We'll see if that happens. But that's a big game because Christian's 5-3. and three. He had won five in a row. He ended up losing to Elijah, who just had an incredible, monstrous 200-point-plus game. He's 5-3. and three. Remember, we talked about if he gets by Elijah, the teams that he had coming up, four out of five, would be playoff teams. And how well he would do. This would be a big week for him if he can come away with a victory. Over my team, because then he gets right back to six and three, and he'd be tied with me. You know, six and to be six and three the first nine. Heck yes, sign me up. You know, and Christian, especially after starting out zero and two, he will take that all day to to go six and two or no, not six and two, six and one the last seven games. So big, big chance for Christian. We'll talk about that game tomorrow. 1 and 7 Jacob against 1 and 7 Steve and then we got 1 and 7 Brian against 1 and 7 Mario. We have to talk about one of those today. We'll start with one of those games just in the fact that someone will finally get two victories. I know that doesn't seem like much to me, it would seem like much at this point. I don't know. Does your pride take over? Do you want cuz you're not knocking, you know, when you it, it like we talked about the week before if it was Brian who I think he dropped 180, 170 somewhere in there but if Brian gets the victory, oh no, maybe it was a bad week for him. But he's had several really good weeks and lost. But at this point, if if you're Brian and you're taking on, let's say Dino, or you're taking on Eric or myself, and you're like, dude, you know what? I want to at least get a couple wins. You want to get a few weeks where you see your team have a good week, you enjoy it. It's nice to get a victory. And you go, you know what? I'll, I'll I hope I win. You know, maybe I'll play spoiler. You know, take this take Dino down, take Matt down. Take Austin down from trying to get to thirteen wins. Whatever the, the thing is, that's that's part of the incentive to trying to get a victory. When you're one in seven going against another one in seven team, do you want th- this? Is you're looking at it saying, "Hey, this might be my only other chance." Now, odds aren't because when there's four teams with one win, they all have to play each other multiple, some multiple times, some once. But you're going to get three opportunities to play a team whose season record-wise just as bad as yours and your opportunity to maybe get three or four wins and kind of have a respectable season. You know, we do have overall stats still, if you care. I mean, some I care, but not everyone cares. Some people are like, I don't care. We Season to season is all I care about. Making the playoffs, winning a championship, winning any kind of trophy, making it and just, you know, year in and year out, like Brian had for so many years, just making the playoffs and giving me a shot at winning. You care about that. Some people, like me, I like to compile stats, so if I'm going to have a losing season, I'm okay if it's four wins, five wins. I don't want to have a seven and eight season. I don't want to have some... Or no, we wouldn't have that. What would it be? Seven and seven. Yeah, we got 14 games now. We're doing 14, not 13. So, yeah. So it would be... I'm okay with maybe five, right? Five wins. I don't want to have seven and finish with seven and be like, okay, because now you're... Now you're right. I mean, now you're Jeff Fisher mode. You didn't make the playoffs, most likely. You could still at 7-7. Seven and seven. We've seen losing records. But you also are dead last. So the minute you get the minimum amount of lotto balls. You, it's basically like four because you didn't get a plus-minus plus minus loss record. You're even, so that's zero for that. And now you get the minimum. You just get a few more than the teams that are in the wild card that don't win the championship who all get one. I mean, if we ever, that's something we could put to a vote. There's a debate, right? Do we say if you make playoffs, like in basketball, you get no lotto chances. You finish what you your record was entering the playoffs. So even the playoffs won't decide. So let's say you are the sixth seed in the playoffs and you make it all the way to the championship and lose, you are not punished for making it to the championship and losing, right? The last team that wins, like in the NFL, they do base it off of what you finish in the playoffs, which I never love, you know, because it's like, well, you know what? You made the Super Bowl and lost, and you're you're still going to get the second last pick in the draft when, obviously, if you're a wild card team, you weren't that good. You just got a hot run. So that's that's a debate we can have. Do we say, hey, you know what? I've always liked it with one because you didn't win the championship, right? You made the playoffs. Your team was a good team. You could be a great team and just had injuries or struggled in the playoffs, and you didn't get it, and now what? You don't. I guess you could say, I could see both sides of the argument. That's one thing in the off season I will put to a vote. Can't do it now. We have to do it the season before. But do you take away the opportunity to get a lotto ball and then say, hey, you know what, um, you made playoffs, you don't get one, right? And it just seeds like that. That would also increase, right, because that's – we have 12 teams. One wins a title, so that would be six who get lotto balls, multiple chances, that would increase their chance because you'd remove five more balls, right? It's only five. It's only five. But Steve's got first overall pick when he was a playoff team. I want to say Eric got second or third one year when he made the playoffs. I, I could be wrong. I thought, I know Elijah, he made the championship that year and then the next year got the fourth overall pick. So, you know, you're taking that away from lotto teams. So it would basically be just lotto teams and i'm way off darn it i'm way off who cares about this this is not the time for this put a pin in that remember it we if you text if you if you want to text it now think about it if you don't care and we can save it for the off season awesome i'm totally cool with that because that doesn't matter but that is one thing i'm 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 for everyone but the champion getting a lotto ball we've done it for 11 years and never had any complaints i just it just hit me maybe someone says hey you know what i'm sick of this I, if I don't make the playoffs, I want to be the only guy to have the option to get the first overall pick and the second or the third and so on. So my whole point of all this was: is there an incentive now when you're going against another one in seven team to a get the victory and feel like, hey, I got two wins, I got three wins, you know? Maybe you do. Remember, remember, Jose, he was zero and seven and won five straight. Maybe you do start to get to that, to where at the end, if if you're defeating other teams, whether they're bad records or not, what if you can pull off that miracle? We've seen teams go six and zero and then lose five straight. All right, it's happened. So to say you can't win five straight, like Christian just did, and change your season or put pressure on the teams that now start to fall apart, you know, or would you rather go? You know what? I'd rather lose. Do does Steve really want to go out and beat Jacob and now? Give Jacob uh, that one extra lotto ball from having one more loss and get about three or four more based on the fact that he would finish below him in the standings possibly. I mean, you're looking at a big chance to get a top three pick, and you're giving it away possibly like the Jets last year beating the Rams. And then I think they beat one other team, Could be Cle- not Cleveland, it was someone. And it cost them their chance at getting Trevor Lawrence. So, what would you rather do? To me, personally, if I'm 1-7 at this point, if it's a dynasty league where it's just rookies coming in, I'd rather lose. I would. I don't care at that point. You know, I'm in another league where the team I took over, like I said, is, is god-awful. I've already traded Jalen Hurts for a first round. I have four first-round picks next year, and I don't care about – I don't want to win a single game. I'm still putting a team out to try to be competitive, but if I win a game, I would be frustrated because I'd rather get the first pick. One of the guys I traded with, he's second. The, he's the second or the first worst team in the league. I'm like third, so I'm going to get his first round pick next year, so I'm hoping he keeps losing. So in Dynasty, yes, because you want all those rookie picks to rebuild. In our league with either keeper or contract league or redraft league, no, I want to win. If I'm if, if in this league, and that's what we're talking about, I want to win if I'm Steve. If I'm if I'm Brian against Mario, I want bragging rights. I want to get a victory here and there. And who knows, man? There's still, what is there, six more games, right? Six more games to where you could finish six and seven. And that's exactly what has made the championship the last two years, a six and seven team. So until you officially get to those eight losses, man, go for the gold. Go for the victory. So I will talk about, today we will talk about Jacob against Steve. We'll save Mario and Brian for tomorrow. What else were we going to talk? We'll talk that game for sure. We have to talk Matt and Eric. I want to talk that one. That one's really good. And then we'll save Austin. I know Austin and Dino, you guys always listen and I always talk about you. But both those games are good. I think. I think record-wise, because Austin and Elijah are so good, you know, Austin will be, I think, the first guy, right, to play back-to-back six-win teams. Last week, six-win team, and he defeated me, and I'm six and two, and he's seven and one. Now he's taking on six and two Elijah, who was just high score for the week. So that we got, we'll talk about that one tomorrow. I want to save that game. That'll be the main game to talk about tomorrow, and then we'll talk about mine and Christians tomorrow and we will talk about Brian and Mario tomorrow, which leaves Dynamite and Nick and Eric. We'll start with Eric and Matt. As of right now, let's see. Has Eric adjusted his roster? I don't like to look at the points. Nobody's on a buy. Nobody's on a buy in either team. Okay, so this could be the situation where they come in with these teams. Playing for the draft, Matt got his first victory in a month. How is that even possible when you are the number I want to say three. He could be two. I think he's three. Scoring team in the league. He has a seventy-nine percent chance to win. It's funny. Sometimes they'll put that right, and it'll you'll it'll only be favored by six. Matt right now is favored by twenty-five points over Eric, and Eric has won three straight. He's six and two. Give me a second. Hold on here. Okay, thank you. So, quarterbacks, man. What is up with Patrick Mahomes and Tannehill against the Rams? The Rams have been really good, and there's no Derrick Henry, so they can focus on Tannehill and the passing game. But then that opens it up for McNichols, who Eric has. We'll get to that in a bit. Mahomes against Green Bay. The, whose defense is better? I like the Rams' defense better than Green Bay, but I just, I just don't know. I don't know. With that. It's obviously Mahomes. The safer plays Mahomes. He's at home against Green Bay. Green Bay, I think, will score enough, even though Aaron Rodgers is gone. That's one thing, too, that that hurts Eric. No Aaron Rodgers, and he's got no other quarterback with with I mean, look at his injured reserve. He's got Aaron Rodgers, Dave, Dave Montgomery, Juju, and Mostart. Matt does have Cream Hunt out. So a lot of us are suffering through injuries. But I got to go Mahomes. I mean, you got to. You got to, dude. I know he's struggling. I just can't see him to continue to struggle. The whole team does not look good. You know, the team has looked awful at times. I think this is a game where they will put up a respectable number. Yeah, I will take Mahomes. I still think Tannehill has a good game because the Rams' pass defense has not been unstoppable. Their run defense has not either. Actually, their pass defense, I think, is better than their run defense. Their run defense has been the one that's been pretty bad. But yeah, we got to go Mahomes. If Derrick Henry's there, it's it might be more of a push, but without Henry, I just can't see it. I'm going to have to take Mahomes. Gaskins and Elijah Mitchell against Robinson and Jacobs. Eric just recently requ- acquired Elijah Mitchell, which was a great trade. I think he has a really good game this week. Gaskins, I have no stinking clue with Gaskins. The guy drives me nuts. The one game he should have sucked against Tampa He had five carries for 25 yards, but had 10 catches in his best game of the season, right? Then you think he's going to destroy Jacksonville, does nothing. He does have a really good game against Atlanta. Buffalo, I didn't think he'd do anything. He did get eight, so you can't hold that against him. Buffalo was good. They're at home against Houston. I think Gaskins has a good game. I think Mitchell has a good game. Matts with the cream hunt out, Robinson having a, a bone bruise on his heel, he, if he misses the game who's matt got bolden ingram i don't like his options if robinson plays and he gets 50% of the snaps i would feel safer yeah with josh jacobs too i trust jacobs in that raiders offense now more than when gruden was there and gruden i could not predict what he was going to do with the running backs but if robinson misses i'm 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 Feeling confident enough with Gaskins, and I'm really liking Mitchell to have the best game out of all of them. So, slight edge to Eric on running backs. Wide receivers, I know Samuel missed Robert Woods and Samuel, let's look at them. 18, so wide receiver two for Woods, and Samuel's wide receiver four. I mean, Tyreek Hill is wide receiver two, and Jefferson is 21. Now, Jefferson has bye week, and so did Samuel. But Samuel's four and Jefferson is way down there at twenty-one. So they're both kind of even, right? You look at a wide receiver, Tyree Kill is two, Samuel's four, then you got eighteen for Jefferson and or eighteen for Woods, and Jefferson is twenty one. So both of them are wide receiver twos. That said, hmm. I'm gonna go with Eric's. On the season, man, this might be a push, right? You want the big names. You want to feel like I feel safer with Hill and Jefferson. I would feel more confident. But Debo Samuel has been so good, and they're going against Arizona, who's going to score. Robert Woods is going against Tennessee on primetime. Tennessee's pass defense has not been outstanding at all, nothing to be scared of. I mean, heck, the Jets. Corey Davis had a great game. The Jets threw all over him, regardless if it was a payback game. I think Tyreek... Hmm, man, I hate wasting time with dead air. Yeah, I'm going to have to stick with air. Uh, I can't even say it because Debo Samuel is the X factor here. He has actually had been more consistent. I think he's been more consistent than Tyreek Hill. The difference is Tyreek Hill can blow up for 50, but Samuel's had some monster skin. Okay, I've talked way too much. I'm going to say... Yeah, I'm going with Eric's. I know stat-wise they're they almost similar, both groups, but I'm still taking Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. I don't think, remember Jefferson had a bye week, didn't he? I believe, let me check. Yes, he did have his bye week. That's why he's lower. And then against the Cowboys, he had terrible game, terrible game. And I can't see him doing that again. I think he'll bounce back. If he just has his basic game last week, he's a top 12 receiver, does not drop so far back, and Eric's guys would be, two wide receiver ones, not to mention that there are weeks where Woods just is not involved in the offense. It could be Jefferson and Daryl Henderson. Uh, It could be Cooper Cup and Stafford connecting on three touchdowns, something like that, to where there has been games Woods wasn't heavily involved. Yeah, Eric's receivers, but barely, barely, I feel safer with his. Tight ends, I'm still going pits. I know it's against the Saints who are pretty good defensively, Goddard going against the Chargers. Yeah, I'm going Pitts. Both will have good games. I think Goddard is fine. I just have not trust the tight ends with Philly since Jalen Hurts took over. Higgins or Diggs. I know the matchup is good for Higgins, but there's times he does not become the – it's Tyler Boyd show. It's Jamar Chase almost every week. you got Uzama, the tight end, jumping in, mixing. I just think there's so many pieces that Higgins seems to be – Higgins and Boyd seem to be the two that at times just disappear because they're just used as decoys, and everyone else gets the ball. I feel much safer with Diggs. Even on a bad week, Diggs goes for 15. Stafford or McNichols, I think McNichols goes for 15. I think he has a safe floor, but I think Stafford lights them up, man. I think Stafford goes for over 35, and that's going to be tough. That's why Eric is such an underdog. Losing Aaron Rodgers really hurts you almost think maybe he should have tried to get, like Dino did, put in a bid for White. I know once he used his waiver wire, Eric was towards the top, and he got McNichols. Maybe he should have put in to get White. Knowing that it was a short week, they were going to probably play White. I know the Colts' defense better. White might go out there and get five points. There was one time White looked terrible against the Bengals, and then he had a great second half. So there is a chance that White goes out. The Colts studied him. You know They, they watched him, and they said, you know what, we know what he was looking for. Let's take away what he was good at that game. And if they do that, yeah, White could go for nine points. I would not be shocked. If White goes for over 30 again, I would be more shocked. Not that he can't, but I would be more shocked than as if he goes for 10 or less. You know, If he goes for 10 points, I'm not going to go, oh, my gosh, how did that happen? I would be like, yeah, I could see that. I could see that happening. But you know what would be fun? Let's watch him go the next three weeks, 30, 30, and 30. What do the Jets do? What if he actually goes out and loses to the Colts at home, right, and wins the next two games and plays really well? You know what you would have? And you're only going to get this knowledge from me, not anyone else, because I'm the only one who is a Bengals fan and can remember situations like this. Even sports ESPN guys, unless they were a Bengal fan, they're not going to remember this. But you know this is identical to the situation that happened when the Bengals drafted David Klingler. Right, and that was back in, back in like uh, ninety. I want to say ninety-three, right? They got Carl Pickens and Klingler. Anyways, back in a time where I never understood this, teams would draft guys from college, right? Klingler put up five thousand yards in that Houston offense. I'm sorry, I'm going off here, but I'll, I'll try to be as quick as I can. But for the Houston Cougars, that passing offense, it was almost like Texas Tech, where you had these guys who just put up ridiculous numbers, right? Like Cliffsbury who's now the coach of the Cardinals, um, or whatever, uh, David, Cliff Kingsbury, yeah, he, he threw out monster stats, but you are like, okay, that's not going to translate. That offense is not going to work in the NFL. So he does that. Klingler put 5,000 yards, and then the Bengals drafted him like fifth or sixth overall, and then they bring him in, and they run a completely different, slow, boring offense where you're watching it, and you're like, I never understood that. Where you would take a guy in an offense that worked, and what he was so good at, and then saying, "Okay, you're a good quarterback. You got a strong arm. This is what we want you to do," and then you change everything. Now I understand some college offenses, schemes, whatever it is. It's not going to work in the pros. The defense is faster. There are better uh, ways at adapting and stopping that. You know, you also don't have opponents that are so. You know, some of these conferences that they play in. If it's like ten teams, seven or six are crap year in and year out, and you just compile numbers, you don't get that in the NFL. You have a bad team here and there, and you might get two or three weeks throughout the season where you get that, but all season you're not getting that for seventy percent of the season. What you see in some of the college's programs, and that's what was happening. But you put Klinger, and he he never looked like he did in college. You know, I don't I don't want to say he was a bad quarterback, but he just never. I remember watching, going, dude. This guy was like a top six pick. What, really? What? What am I missing here? And and why don't? And me and my friend would always say, you know, why don't you run the college offense or at least try to emulate something to that? And now they do. Now they draft guys and go, hey, Jalen Hurts. This is what he was good at. Let's use it. And but they've been doing that for a while. Where they bring in a guy. Remember, um, they did that with RG three. Run the same kind of offense he had. And then the only problem was if that guy gets hurt. Now you need a quarterback that can do that kind of offense. And remember someone, I can't remember what it was recently in the NFL, someone, maybe Cam Newton, he got hurt and then they had to bring in the other quarterback and now they're like, okay, now we gotta have to change the offense up because he can't do what Cam does, you know, the way we were playing. So now fast forward to this, and that would be so history repeating itself. You draft Zach, Zach Wilson, he's got a strong arm. You talk about him being poor man, Patrick Mahomes. He could throw off his back foot. you know. He was number two overall pick, and now you bring in this guy. And what happened with the Bengals, I didn't finish my story. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. They got him. Well, uh, this is at least the first same season. But what Bengals was, you had going back and forth between Boomer and Klingler, and then Klingler was bad, then Boomer, and then a guy named Jeff Blake comes along when they both got hurt. And you're like, who the hell is this Jeff Blake guy? He comes in and just lights up, almost beats the six and one Cowboys when the Bengals were I think 0 and six or one and six. And he almost beats the Cowboys. If it weren't for some stupid penalties, the, the Bengals would have pulled probably the biggest upset of the season. And Jeff Blake throws for like almost two eighty, uh three touchdowns to two to Darney Scott, one to Carl P- and they were just like beautiful. YouTube it. Look up Jeff Blake uh with the Bengals in the, the mid nineties. He would just ch- he was he's got to be one of the best passers I've seen to this date at throwing balls where he would float them out and you would the receivers would run under and catch up to him. It wasn't, you know, Patrick Mahomes cannon. It wasn't a Brett Favre rifle where it was, you know, it was, hey, let me drop back. Let me float it out with a big rainbow bomb. And his receivers, Carl Pickens and Darney Scott, were so good at adjusting in the corners. You know, they it took a few seasons to figure out Jeff Blake. Because if you look at his history, um, some who are you guys who are too young, he made the Pro Bowl the following year He made the Bengals fun again. They were every year. They were three wins, four wins. They were awful. And now he's getting them six wins, eight wins. And it was like, dude, even in the losses, the games were really good. And as at that time, it was the first time I ever enjoyed Bengal football. You know, other than when Icky Woods was there earlier. But it was like, wow, man. Hey, hey. Stop it, cat. Sorry about that. But yeah, it was and that what if that happened here? Where if White does go out and beat the Colts, right? Let's say even if he loses plays competitive, then their next game he does win, and then the next game he does win. Now Zach Wilson's healthy. Honestly, you're going to pull a guy out who just went 3-1 and and three and, one and is putting up solid numbers? You put all that draft capital to Zach Wilson, you're not going to want to trade him. He's Shuler and Gus Ferrat, Look up those guys. Now, He Shuler, though, was terrible, but it's the same thing. Farrat came in, got the win, six-round pick, and everyone loved him. So it's funny how you could see these situations. Hypothetically, this is all just talk. But, yeah, I do not believe that would happen. Like I said, I expect him, if he got a low score, I would I would be less shocked than if he goes for 30. I'd be like, wow, maybe this guy can't play. You know, maybe the Jets found uh, a diamond in the rough hidden and he's just going to go out there and perform great. So, anyways, back to what we are talking about. Maybe Eric should have done that because he, having no other quarterback and going against a team that has Mahomes and Stafford Man, you don't want to throw wins away. When Eric has won three in a row and he's 6-2 and and he's on the verge of trying to catch Austin and Austin has a tough opponent this week against Elijah where he has a possibility of losing, Eric needs to grab every game he can. And if White goes for 10, then Eric's going, hey, I made the right call. This is what I felt. I made the right decision. You know, we'll find out tonight, right? We'll find out tonight. Did Eric make the right choice? And did Dino make the right choice? So, and then... Like I said, Browns, Niners, Mosley, Watt. T.J. Watt's played outstanding. I feel safer with Mosley going against that Colts run game, taking on Jonathan Taylor. I think Mosley gets double-digit tackles. We'll see if T.J. Watt, he has to rely on big plays, which he has done, having 19 points and 33 points back-to-back weeks. So looking overall right now, just because of the quarterback play, I'm taking Matt to win this game. He's going to need a big game for McNichols. Pitts has to go for like 25. Jefferson needs to bounce back. You can still win. We saw Christian almost all year play one quarterback and make the playoffs and get, heck, make the championship. So two QBs are not a necessity when you have the talent that some of them have. But as we read the injured reserve for Eric, three of his those guys would be starters, um, and he's missing them. Including Aaron Rodgers, which is the biggest, because that Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers plays the Chiefs this week and is in there, and then you have McNichols instead of Gaskins, possibly, or instead of Higgins, right? I would feel safe playing McNichols over Higgins and leaving Gaskins in because, you know, Gaskins is almost guaranteed more touches than Higgins. I would honestly take Eric's team this week if he had Aaron Rodgers and he had McNichols in because I like it, also hinges on Robinson playing. For, for Matt and the Jags, but I would feel like Mitchell and Gaskins, Hill and Jefferson, Pitts and McNichols, and having Aaron Rodgers in a shootout with Mahomes, matching each other, and Tannehill. Yeah, I think this would be probably the highest-scoring game of the week. I haven't seen the other games yet, so I could be wrong, but I would just feel like this would be, wow, way up there. No, Rodgers, what if Jordan Love sucks? Well, Mahomes ain't going to be called on to do much. He's going to just go out there, do his thing, have a great first half, I still think the Packers could be competitive, but he might not be required to do as much. Man, 34 minutes. I've been talking on way. That game wasn't too long. It was me going off. I apologize. Okay, let's get to the next game. We'll get to the 1-7. in I was talking about we're going to do Steve and Jacob. Now, Jacob, once again, 170. He's had some high projection weeks, and it just didn't pay out against Steve, who's at projected to get 150, basically 150. So 20-point lead for Jacob. Let's get to quarterbacks. Jimmy G. Woo. We talked about that last week. Who would have thought Jimmy G would ever outscore Patrick Mahomes? And he did. That was something I would never take as Steve almost pulled the upset and beat Matt. That would have been, wow, a heartbreaker for Matt as his team started out so great. Anyways, back to this game. Herbert or Jimmy G. I think G will have a 18-point game against Arizona. He's at home. I don't think I think the run game will be more involved. Hopefully, if Kittle's back, maybe he will get a few more touchdowns and he does break 25. I still like Herbert to bounce back. He's at Philly. Philly's defense is pretty good. You know, they force some turnovers here and there, but the Chargers offense is much better than the Detroit Lions, who they destroyed last week. I like Herbert to bounce back after going against, hey, when Superman gets away from kryptonite, he feels better. And as Eric said, as he was saying, I was correct. The Patriots are his kryptonite. And now that they're gone, look for Herbert to get back to 20 plus points. I like Herbert more than Jimmy G, but if they both equal, or if they both come even around the mid twenties, I would not be shocked. Hold on. I'll give slight edge to Jacob running backs, Herbert against Pittsburgh on Monday night. He had a good game. He just He's not really a receiving back, so he didn't break out the huge performance. 23 yards, he had two catches for minus four, but 23 carries for 72 yards? Heck yeah. That's the opportunity. That's when I won that huge rant that one time about how everyone kept saying how bad the Steelers' line is and how bad Najee Harris is going to do. And it's like, dude, you give someone 15 to 25 touches, they are on average bound to break a big run or a touchdown or get some catches. Sign me up for that with Joe Mixon. McKissick's on a bye week, so that explains why Steve is so fa- heavily underdog. He's going to have to. Let's see who would he add. He might. He'll probably put in Tony Pollard. So let's say he plays Pollard and Hines against Herbert and Mixon. I like Hines, but he's had games where he disappears. Last week he had nine. The week before he had two and four. Yes, yeah, he. He's he's not been as effective as he had as he had in the past. And I like. Tony Pollard. We all know uh, my love for Tony Pollard and how I feel if Zeke was gone, he would still be in my roster and there's no way I would have shipped him off. I wouldn't need it to. I would have an RB1 right there, but it just is Zeke. As long as Zeke's there, he's going to be hindered some. But I'm okay if if you give me double digit touches. I think there's weeks where, where, like he did against the Chargers and he broke for 30 plus points, I could see that happening again against Denver. But Mixon's probably going to have the best game, and i like Herbert to go for at least 15 touches again. I am giving Jacob the edge here. If Pollard plays, he's going to have to have a few big breaks to equal um, what Herbert might do. Pollard does get involved in the passing game, but, yeah, I'm going to take Jacob's running backs. Receivers, Thielen and Lamb or Tony and Claypool. Tony and Claypool can both be Deshaun Jackson prime time Breakaway, You know, three catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. But Thielen and Lamb are both capable of doing the same thing but have better floors. So right now going into this week, and Tony should play, right? He practiced. He's coming back. He was limited at Wednesday, but he did play last week. Only had seven points. He's playing the Raiders this week at home. Yeah, looking at that, Tony and Claypool can, like I said, can both go for 30 but I just I'm taking Steve's receivers. I just feel so safe having Thielen and the Lamb. C D Lamb. Why did I it almost like I thought Lion and the Lamb the way I said Thielen and the Lamb. Um yeah, I feel safer with both of them to get double digits. There could be times where Claypool and Tony just don't get involved. Excuse me. Oh wait, I think my mic has a mute button. I should try pushing that when I yawn. I'm just afraid I'm gonna mess up something. <laughs> Gronk is on a bye. Steve's got to fix it. Man, Steve's really got to fix his team. Evan Ingram, I'm okay with him. He had a touchdown last week. I don't know. Let me see who Steve's tight ends are. Jono Smith, you could put Smith out there. He's touchdown dependent. All these guys are in the Gronk. Ingram as well. So if he puts Jono Smith, I'm going to say push. Both of them are touchdown dependent. I would feel more comfortable with Ingram, but I don't think either are going to have huge games. Landry or Connor, now that Beckham's gone, I mean, wow. They should have tried to find a way to trade the guy, dude. Unless they had nobody who was interested, then I don't know if they're just going to be done with Beckham for the year and let his contract play out. I really, 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 really wish they would release him. Nothing more would make me happy than to see him go to a team like New Orleans. Even though I don't really love the Saints, I just want him to go somewhere where he, oh, the Saints don't even have a great quarterback. I wish he would go somewhere with a good quarterback. You know, somewhere where he can go back to the way he was or a team that is desperate for receivers and I'd love to see him go to Jacksonville playing with Trevor Lawrence a young quarterback that can use a big playmaker like that I would love to see something like that because Beckham is one of my favorite players I have an Odell Beckham jersey back in my day I used to you know even when I was a Bengals fan I still I had a Atlanta Falcons all black Deion Sanders black and red Deion Sanders jersey I had a Derek Thomas from the Chiefs jersey the red number 58 I had a Corey Dillon jersey, of course I had my Bengal jerseys. Um, who else did I have? I had other players. Um, Why well, can't I remember right now? Why well, It's slipping my mind. Anyways, if you were one of my favorite players, I had a jersey of you. Uh, that's what I was known as. Everyone was like, Dude, who's this jersey guy? guy has got more jerseys, and he doesn't even play on a football team. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got an Odell Beckham white Giants jersey. I've had it for years. I never wear it, because it I just bought it just to maybe hang it. Maybe I've always wanted to frame it, put it with one of the rookie cards I have of Beckham and make like a collector's item and put it. Maybe when my kids get older, I will have a sports room because I have so many autographed cards, rookie cards, high-value cards. And, I mean, I've got Emmett Smith, Dan Marino, Drew Bledsoe rookie cards. Man, so many great players I have. And that's what I would do is put it with a jersey, you know, autograph, whatever, make it nice, have it on, on the wall. So, I, yeah, I love Beckham, one of my favorite players. I hated that he went to Cleveland. I still hate that he's there. I just don't it's, – it's never been a good fit. It just does not seem right. I wish he would have went to the Rams when he almost went there. Anyways, let me get back on the subject. With that, it's Landry. Is Landry going to become more of valuable now? There was times Beckham would get three to two targets, and yet Landry still didn't have a great game. So I don't know why this is going to just automatically increase his value. Uh, Connor against the Niners or Landry against Cincinnati. Let's see, what did Landry do last week? Nine points, ten targets, right? And he had five catches. That's on a reflection of the offense and Baker Mayfield not being very accurate. You know, Baker can get some wins here and there. I know he was some guy's Super Bowl, dark horse. Not that Cleveland can't, but I just don't see it. I don't see it that if you don't have a great passing game, you can run all over guys and you have a good enough defense so I could see them winning a playoff game. Maybe getting to the AFC title game. They came so close, close last year, but I honestly don't see them winning at Kansas City. Had they, you know, Remember, that was a golden opportunity with Patrick Mahomes injured. Had they won, I don't see them getting past Buffalo. It would have been at Buffalo I could not see them putting up enough points and their defense being enough to stop Josh Allen. So that said, I don't know if Landry's going to be huge. I would feel safer with Connor. Now, of course, Landry can go get eight catches, but is he going to get, what, 40 yards? I, th- I think Connor can get a touchdown. He had a pretty big game last week. And then we get to the quarterbacks, Cousins or Jordan Love. I'm going to say push because Cousins didn't have a great game last week. He's at Baltimore. I think he's good for 18 to 20. But what is Jordan Love going to do at Kansas City? I have no clue. So I'm not going to say because I would honestly play Love. You know, if I had him like Jacob did, I remember I thought of grabbing him and possibly, you know, playing him over – Carson Wentz against the Jets on Thursday night. Uh, Jordan Love can actually go out there and have a really good game. We don't know. We don't know what to expect with that guy. And then Bills, I like the Bills defense way more. I like Fred Warner more than Bosa. So all that being said, looking at all this, the only thing I really liked more about Steve's team was he's safer floor with the, the receivers, and both quarterbacks could be. I still don't trust Jimmy G., He had two rushing touchdowns is why. Because he threw, well, he did throw for 300 yards. I take that back. Without those rushing touchdowns, he still breaks 20. So I still feel like I'm taking Herbert. Man, he's got two Herberts, both of them. I like both Herberts this week for his team. So I think Jacob ends his five-game losing streak while Steve's losing streak goes to eight. And Jacob will get to two wins. Now let's get to our last game. How much time do we have? 44 minutes. Alright. Right now it is almost 2 a.m. where I'm at. Where I'm at. Where I'm at is in my kitchen, but it's 2 a.m. while I'm doing this. So let's get to our last game. And man, what a game this is gonna be. I know we have two other games with better records, right? You got seven and one, six and two Elijah, six to Elijah, seven and one Austin. You got five and three Christian against six and two myself. Better records, but here you got they're just a tad off. They combine to be ten and six. Two then what are they? I think on the season Nick is two. And what is Dino? I want to say Dino's fourth in scoring. Let me see. Is anyone else got Well, Austin. No, Austin hasn't beat. So Dino's fifth. So you have the number two and number five team in scoring. First place, Dino Dan, trying to keep that lead over Nick or uh Matt who's chasing him. Nick trying to maintain a possibility to stay, catch up with. He's only a game back of me and Elijah, so he knows he's got to try to maintain that. He does not want to fall two games back if Elijah and I win. In the end, we can all lose, so it doesn't matter. But Dino might right now is a 21-point underdog, 21 point, And I don't think Dino has anyone on by. Dino is one of the few guys in our league who, like I usually do too, but I got so many stinking guys with the injuries and the COVID and the nonsense, I don't even know how to – I am putting pieces out that I'm not even planning on using yet. I don't even know. It's like trying to fit a puzzle. I got pieces lying around. But usually, if I got no injured or I know guys are going to be injured or not coming back, I have my team set by Tuesday. You know, I got the guys I want or maybe the Wednesday morning waiver wire. And Dino's one of those guys. He's like me. We like to get it set, get it going. So I know Dino's got all his guys, Nick's got all his guys. All my friends are here for Thursday night. So let's get to it. Mike White and Jalen Hurts. Hurts against the the Chargers. Chargers are really good pass defense. Jalen Hurts is number four overall. Now, I don't think this would happen. Last week was just a situation where he was 14 for nine. They had such a big lead. I mean, Jordan Howard, Miles Gaskin, not Miles Gaskin, uh, who is the running... Kenneth Gingwell and Scott, the other running back, all of them got trip or double digit carries for over 30 plus carries throughout the game. So it was game scripted. He did not need to be relied on. But Jalen Hurts, 24, 27, 24, 37, 31, 22, 31. There's no reason I don't think at home against a Chargers offense that is even though the Chargers defense is good, Jalen Hurts, I think, can easily run for 70 yards, maybe a touchdown, throw for 200 yards. I think Jalen Hurts has a good 25 point game. What will Mike White do? Right? What will this guy do? In his history, he has never thrown a ball until two weeks ago. And since then, that first game, right? He came off in relief at New England. He played pretty well. He put up almost as much points against New England as. Sorry for that delay. My brain, yeah, I told you it's almost 2 a.m. My brain is not right. As Herbert, he had 12 points coming in in the game. One touchdown, two picks. I didn't expect him to have a big game. I picked Cincinnati. Cincinnati should have won it. The coaching lost it for him. That said, White still was 37 for 45. Who does that? Even against a, a team with a winning record. I don't care if it's the Bengals defense is okay. You know, he went out there 37 for 45. That's hard to do even on Madden. You know, Or 2K, which I play, 2K. But it's hard to do that. And he went out there threw for 400 yards, three touchdowns. I don't care if he threw two picks. He got the victory. And if you're going to throw three touchdowns, you could throw three picks. All I care. What a game, 43. Now he's at Indianapolis. Their pass defense has not been good throughout the year. Will, if it was in New York, I would feel safer. All this said, I don't think the Colts' offense is as good as Cincinnati. I think... And I'm not saying they can't go out. I, I think the Colts are going to win. I'm not. I'm just saying Cincinnati can go Jamar Chase 80 yards. They can go T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. The Colts, they got Pittman, but Pittman's not a deep threat bomb guy. He is a possession receiver like Keyshawn Johnson who can score. Um, and then they got Jonathan Taylor who's a steady, you know, not a 90-yard running one-play run touchdown kind of guy. He can. He's done it in college. He can. He can break a 50 yarder. I just feel like the Colts' offense is a little slower than Cincinnati, so maybe White isn't relied on as much. And I think the Colts' defense is better. All that said, I feel safer with Hertz than I do with White. You know, Hertz is projected 23, White is 15. I feel both of those are pretty close. I hope, honestly, I have Carson Wentz. So I really, really hope White throws for a lot and scores. You know, I hope the Colts win. But I hope that White goes out there and has a great game. Because if he has a great game, that means Carson Wentz has to equal it. So I'm pulling for you, Dino, for that. Pulling that this happens. Nick's in my division. So a, a, a loss by Nick makes it a little easier for me. If I lose, I don't have to worry about him breathing down my neck so much. it will still be a game back. Who cares? All that aside, I'm, I'm taking Jalen Hurts. I think White can do well, but I feel much safer taking Jalen Hurts, who is a top four quarterback in the season. Running backs, Zeke and Harris. Harris has been a beast, but sometimes he has to do it against better. 31 against the Jets, 23 against Dallas, but when he plays Houston, who's good against the run, and Tampa, he's got 4, 8, and 3 against the Saints. Right, Nothing outstanding. Now he's playing the Chargers. Last week he had 15 at Carolina. Carolina's Run defense is solid. I think they're top six. I could be wrong. I thought they were top six. So that and the fact that Zeke is playing a pretty good run defense by Denver and he's got a share time with Pollard, I am taking... Excuse me. I'm afraid to mute the mic and hit the wire. I'll have to do a practice run and see if it works. But anyways, back to this. I'm pretty sure it does. It does mute, but I just don't want to... Hit it, move a wire, and now this whole recording is gone. You have no idea how mad I would be. Oh, my gosh. I was so furious at one time. Anyways, Patterson has been consistently putting up 12 to 20 points per week on average. I am taking Patterson. I am taking Cook for a bounce-back game. I think Cook has a better game than Kirk Cousins. Um, So, yeah, I am taking Dynamite's running backs. Even though I do like Zeke and Harris, they're both starting running backs. They are by no means... When I say this, am I saying Patterson and Cook are going to automatically play better? I just feel safer with them based on matchups. And I think Cook is better than Zeke at this point. So on the season, I would rather have both of them as well. So let's get to the next thing. Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, or Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams. And Mike Williams is back to being Mike Williams, right? Remember, it's okay. You do it one time, that's totally cool right? 22, 22, 39. Then you had two against the Raiders. Okay. Don't, don't fall into that pattern. Then he has 41. You're like, all right, or 42. And then at Baltimore, a bye week and then three. Now I know we talked about New England that I could throw that off the book, right? Let's say New England, but it was a bye week. You should have had something prepared and you had two catches and then two catches at Baltimore. So you're, you're back to that. You're back to that Completely dominant or complete dog crap. And that's killer, man. That is hair-pulling killer in fantasy. I don't want that. I want... And like I said, I know you can't control it. It's fantasy. A lot of these players probably feel like slapping our faces when I we say stuff like this. I would never say it in a disrespectful way. You are still an NFL caliber. You are 1% of the population. You made the pros. By, so I don't mean anything like that. But when it comes to fantasy things, it's, it's nuts how you just disappear at times. And it's not even that. It's you don't even get targets. Yeah, frustrating. But, yeah, with Deontay Johnson, he's been outstanding for Pittsburgh. He had the bye week, and I thought he had an injury. Nope, no injuries, but 25 against Cincinnati missed. 25, 24, 15, 18, bye week and 15. So you got a guy who's averaging probably about 19 per game. Heck yes. With a, a, a receiver that could go for 40 or he could go for four. You never know, so I can't really project. But that said, I am taking Cooper and Cup, Just in the fact that Cup has just been the most consistent, most dominant receiver, and Cooper can be just as safe as Deontay Johnson can be. And I like his quarterback more than Big Ben at this point. So, yeah, I take Dino's receivers. Barely, barely. Notice everything I'm taking is barely. I mean, look at this roster. Hurts, Harris, Elliott, Johnson, Williams, Waller. Moore and Jackson, oh my gosh, dude. If the matchups weren't so tough, I'm saying push on a lot of these. Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup have much easier matchups than Deontay Johnson and Mike Williams do. Big Ben can't move. The Bears can get pressure, right? Their corners aren't great, but they can get pressure, which means Deontay Johnson might not have time to get deep. Big Ben might have to you know, be an underneath game. It could be a Friar Muth game or something on, on that line. Um, So that's why, and I think Dino just has better matchups. Patterson, White, Cook, Cup. So all these things, I feel safer with that. Now, here's where we take off for Nick's side. Darren Waller, uh, Dan Arnold, 100% Waller. What is it? Oh, my gosh, 54 minutes. I got to go faster. Darren Waller, I think he bounces back against the Giants, has a big game. If Arnold has double digits, let's say Waller goes for 17 and Arnold goes for 15, I think that's it. I think everything we've talked about above, I think Dino's going to win this game. DJ Moore against New England, I don't know. Of course I love Moore, but with Darnold in concussion protocol and PJ Walker, the five foot eight, only an inch taller than me, going out there to be quarterback, I do not feel safe. I'll take Moore. You've got to play Moore, right? He can't play Galladay. You're not going to play Bateman. Nick might have not changed his roster yet because he's got Waddle on the bench and Andrews. And I know he's got guys on bye week, so maybe he did change it. We'll see if Andrews plays, or he might feel like, nope, it's not safe to play Andrews. He's going to play DJ Moore. We'll see. But I like Nick Chubb more than DJ Moore at Chicago. Or, I'm sorry, at Cincinnati. Then you've got Lamar Jackson or Hollywood Brown. That Hollywood Brown has to have the big week, right? If Hollywood can go for 19 to 20, which he has, let's look at Hollywood stats. i got to be quick about this. 19, 6, 39, 19, Nine, If he can get the 19, 39, or 19, right? In those weeks, Lamar Jackson had 25, 15, 56. The week he had 56, he had 49. So he just has to maintain. He had 15 against – when he had 25 against the Bengals, Hollywood had 19. That is how he needs it. He needs Brown to be the big play guy and Lamar Jackson not to run all over Minnesota. If that happens, Dino can win this game, right? I feel like going through the rest of the roster, Dino has a slight edge, and I think Dino would win. But it has Nick favored because of the two quarterbacks because we have to see what Mike White does. We will have a better knowledge of what's going to happen tomorrow night. That will be the big thing. Thursday night game, I'll recover. I will go over this game just a little bit afterwards. If Mike White goes for 25 or more, I think Dino wins this game, right? Because I think the Packers' defense will play better. And I think Wilson and Kendricks both have good games. Wilson having a better one because he's got to tackle cream or Nick Chubb all night. So all that being said, we will cover this again. As of right now, looking at the rosters, not knowing, I still feel safer. I don't trust D.J. Moore against New England. Mike Williams can be great or disappear. Zeke and Harris have tough matchups. And I don't know, Mike White, Patterson, Cook, Cup, Chubb. Brown, they all have great matchups. So, yeah, looking at that right now, not knowing, I feel that it's going to be a very tight game, and I feel Dino has a slight edge, even though Nick has the two quarterbacks. If Hollywood's not playing in or not a big part of the offense for the Ravens that game, then I think Nick wins because Lamar Jackson will just triple or quadruple what Hollywood Brown gets, and that'll make up the difference for all the great matchups Dino has. So we will talk about this tomorrow night. We'll go over that. That is all the games. 58 minutes in. I cannot believe I talked this long. I did not think I would do it. I apologize, like I said, if I go off too much. Hopefully you enjoy the show. I try to have energy. I just, the way it is, I can't get it start the show sooner because I haven't been going to work because of my back. I'll be going back to work later. When I do, then I will do it sooner. The kids go to bed sooner, and I am not up so late. So I have a little more energy. I try to have energy. When I start going rambling, talking like I'm doing this very second, it seems to just flow more, and it's almost like I'm in a conversation. It's better, as opposed to when I stop and look at players and stats. Um, So I hope you guys still enjoy the show. Have a great Thursday. Be safe. Dino and Austin, I'll see you at practice. uh, And get ready for some football Thursday night. Go both teams. This is a game where I don't feel like both teams are going to be dominant. I think it's 20-17, to 20-14. to And remember, every time I feel like it's great, I'm wrong. So I'm hoping, just like with Kyle Pitts, the opposite. I'm feeling like if this is not a great game, it could be be a 35-31 game, and everyone's happy at the end. So have a great day. Enjoy the game. Talk to you later. Peace.